On this first episode of 2021, we're joined by Kim Guerra, the talent behind Brown Badass Bonita, a Latinx empowerment brand and platform. We center Kim and Ana Sheila as two queer Latinas and their journey with religion and spirituality. This conversation reminds us that through radical self-love, you can reach the divine and that there are many, many ways that you can be connected to something bigger than who we are. We'll start out by hearing what some of our listeners have to say. So why don't you check it out? Tamarindo Podcast. I'm Brenda Gonzalez. And I'm Ana Sheila Victorino. This is the Latinx Podcast where we discuss politics, pop culture, and how to balance it all con calma. Welcome to the show. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Tamarindo. This is our first episode of 2021. And I just don't think that there's been a new year that's been more welcomed in recent history than 2021. So we're going to start off with a matraca to the new year. Ana Sheila, how does it feel to make it to 2021? Oh my God. Like literally in my whole life, I don't think that it's ever felt like such a big ass accomplishment to make it into the new year. So I want to give everybody like not only like a matraca to the new year, but a matraca to everybody for like anybody, everybody who made it. Like I'm legit just glad that I'm still mostly in one piece and and it's 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 been it's been rough este pero i mean we want to thank you all for being here with us and and for joining us in this crazy ass ride that was 2020 and now this new year and speaking of the new year um on tamarindo we're super committed through our platform to have segments and events that help us be our best selves so that we can better show up for ourselves in our community and as part of that we want to let you know that you might still have time to join us live on january 14th which should be tomorrow if you're hearing us right now at 5 p.m. PST for our virtual intention setting event. So we're going to be reflecting on last year. We're going to do some visioning and we're going to learn how to set intentions so that we can talk about what we want to invite into this next year and also how we want to show up and be in this crazy ass world. <laughs> Pero, so we'll have the registration link in our show notes, or if it's easier for you, head on over to our Instagram at Tamarindo Podcast and check our link in the bio. And if you haven't already like you should be following us so please follow us our instagram is dope mostly thanks to brenda but amazing content so listen to us and follow us <laughs> yeah please listen to us and follow us okay so we we are recording this a couple days before you listen to it so it's so difficult for us to comment on the news because 2021 has already been eventful eventful but the most recent things that we've witnessed is that we saw white supremacist insurgents incited by the president take over the capital and they met little to no resistance from security the consequences are that Trump has been permanently banned from Twitter. Um, there's been talk about it, it, uh, impeaching him again. There's been talk about the 25th Amendment. Who knows what's going to happen by the time you listen to this. But despite all that madness, Congress was able to confirm 
Joe Biden's win later that evening. And Georgia is sending two Democratic senators to Washington, which is great because now we're splitting the Senate 50-50 with Kamala Harris breaking the ties. So hopefully we'll be able to get some shit done. Let's start with immigration, number one. Um, and we hope that that show of violence and that horrible display of zero resistance by law enforcement, I hope that that's the last that we see of that. Yeah. Oh my God. And honestly, like I needed the news of those two Georgia senators winning so much. Like we needed that. I, especially after everything that's been going down, um, the last few months. And yeah, not surprisingly, our collective Asura is going to the insulting double standard white privilege and racism that we saw on full display in how law enforcement allowed mostly white terrorists to get what they allowed them to get away with in, you know, entering the Capitol with um, how Black Lives Matter demonstrations were treated over the summer. Like, I just, I really could not believe what I was seeing. Like, how in this country did that happen? Like, how were people just able to enter the Capitol building the way they did? Like, I saw there was one dude who was literally in Nancy's Pelosi's office, like, just chilling. Like, that would never, ever, like, if these were Black Lives Matter protests, like there's no way they would have even gotten close to the Capitol. It was crazy. Yeah, it's totally insane. And you know, it's been a fun ride to watch this insurgency on Twitter and on and all the memes and all the things that come out of it. I mean, it's been pretty hilarious in terms of meme production. And and it's because it's such a such ridiculous behavior. The mob behavior was just so ridiculous. But we use memes and funny commentary as a way to process the trauma because it's traumatic and it's hurtful, especially for our black and more um, obvious brown folks, because I will say that the way I look, I, I experience the world a little bit differently than somebody that might have more prominently brown skin. And so I know that I can make memes all day, but the truth is that this is really trauma that we are seeing people experience when they see the double standards, right? Yeah. There, we see the, the party of, of law and order uh, decide that law and order apparently doesn't, doesn't apply when you are white. And you know, as my dad would say, law and order mis calzones. <laughs> so basura to that. Basura, basura. All right. So, um, yeah, basura, but to kind of bring us all into something more healing, we are going to reflect on religion and spirituality. The global pandemic has affected Everyone. I mean, literally, the it's global. All of us. And whether it's impacted your job, your plans, or the health of your loved ones, collectively, we are experiencing something that reminds us that we are not invincible. Uh, we don't need to remind you of the direct ways that COVID has ravaged the Latinx community specifically. I know many of you can attest to it. And we want you to know that we hold you in our thoughts. Um, and what this time has also done, I think, is, is maybe help maybe push us to reflect on what's more valuable, like what, recalibrate what is truly valuable and important in our lives. Maybe this time has pushed you to lean into your faith or find comfort in inner reflection. I know for me, it's pushed me to appreciate connecting deeper in nature. So we actually asked some of our listeners if this time of chaos has pushed them to seek spirituality and prayer. And here is what they said. And Shayla, why don't you start us off? Yes. So Gata Chingona, I love that, says, I was born and raised in LA, but always struggled with my spiritual spirituality there. Moved to South Arizona and found more opportunities to explore and reflect. Sounds corny, but it's true. It's easy here. Just taking a walk or a hike helps me connect spiritually. 
that's really cool. I love that. I love the reference to to um, Sedona and Arizona. Oh, maybe maybe she actually she didn't actually reference Sedona, but that's what I think of when I yeah. think of Arizona and nature. Yeah, um, me too. really cool. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Do you think place plays a role in connecting to? To spirituality? Yeah, 100%. I know that, yeah, and I also thought about Sedona. Um, when I went there, like, I literally felt this energy. Like, it felt like magia. Like, I was like, oh my God. I just felt in, immediately more peaceful and more calm. And yeah, like, I think, you know, in LA, like, you just don't have as much access to nature. And I think when you're in nature, you're further away from, like, physical things and man-made things and really connecting. It, it makes it easier to connect with yourself and spirit when you don't have as many distractions. Yes, yes. So if you are not able to get to nature, get some plantitas. Plantitas will help. Um, yes. We've got another another Twitter respondent. Um, their user is Iledet. This is what they said. They said, my daughter and I started doing mommy and daughter yoga. We needed our soul to feel more powerful, to be able to better help our community. That is so on brand for Tamarindo because that's what we want to do. We want you all to feel powerful because that way you can help the community in better and deeper ways. Yeah. What do you think about this suggestion or this uh, comment? Yeah, I mean, I think what's really cool about about yoga specifically, well, well first of all, I think I, I love like doing anything like with family. I know me and when I was um, spending more time with my mom, we used to live together for a few months. We started doing Zumba and that was so awesome. But uh, I think what's really great about yoga is that you are moving very intentionally, you know, like every movement is sort of is, is a little bit slower than maybe when you do other types of exercise. And so like, you really need to focus on each movement. And whenever you have to focus more, it helps, it makes it easier to be present. So you're, you're meditating in a way and meditation allows you to be more connected to yourself and to, and to spirit. And, and actually it's something that I've really been wanting to incorporate more into my practice is for, for a long time now, because I, because I, I see how valuable it is now. I think or when I was younger, I was like, Oh, it's such a waste of time. Right. Cause I wasn't thinking about it in that way. And also like, I don't know, how, how do you feel about, about yoga, Brenda? I think we are going to be each other's accountability buddies and we, cause that's, I also am, am with you and that I want to call in more yoga and maybe something that I might try in our intention setting event is to, to try a little bit more yoga. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm like starting to feel, I just had my birthday and I'm starting to feel more viejita and like, <laughs> like I really like stretching actually is something I need to do now. Not like it's a nice to do, you know? It's a need to do. Yeah. Okay, we got one All more. Right, one more from Paulina. She said, I made a drawing of Our Lady of Guadalupe to ask her to stamp out white supremacy in this country. Wow. Hell yes. Love it. So for me, um, yeah, like I, I, that resonates with me. Um, you know, I grew up Catholic and, and I don't really identify with so much anymore. I call myself sort of a little C Catholic, pero este, uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe, like it, I still find so much comfort in whenever I see her, like around cities. Like, I don't know how, how you feel, Brenda. Absolutely. I am Catholic for the pictures and she's number one in terms of the images that I really like. Yeah. So whether you find this past year, whether you found comfort in prayer or on a hike, yoga, meditation each can be examples of spirituality and in the way that they help us get away from material and physical things and closer to our inner self which some people call our soul and a connection to something bigger than ourselves and our physical selves which some people some people might might identify as god but it's, it's that's not the only way that you can connect to something bigger than themselves it might be nature it might be the universe whatever it is for you but for many of us concepts of spirituality or organized religion also bring up feelings of resistance especially if we felt ostracized by the religion we grew up with 
and this might be especially true for queer folks and it's definitely true for me that continue to be that have been or continue to be otherwise or not accepted by, by most religious um, faiths yeah and precisely uh, you as a queer woman and of course the the person who we invited to speak to you with about this we are centering both of you because you are queer Latinas and we thought it would be important to to highlight what the journey is as queer latinas your journey in your in your relationship to spirituality and how it's evolved over time so who we have as, as a special guest is kim guerra who is an artist writer and entrepreneur she is the creator of brown badass bonita a brand and movement she considers revolutionary act of self-love and love for our latinx community why don't you tell us a little bit more about kim and, and what folks are about to hear yeah so you're gonna hear me and my girlfriend Kim talk about our relationship and our journey with religion and spirituality as people, but also as, as, as queers. Um, Kim was born in LA, but she spent some time in Mexico as a child. And she shares how that early upbringing, trauma and abuse and, and just difficulty in her childhood, as well as her early adulthood really impacted her journey with religion and spirituality and, and where she is today. Yes, fantastic conversation. I can't wait for all of you to hear it. And I just want to thank you, Anna Shayla, for also being very vulnerable in, in this conversation that folks are about to hear. Because really, I think that's the power. You all are about to receive a really empowering, hopefully, and positive message. So why don't we take it away with the interview with Kim and Anna Shayla. Growing up, religion played a big role in my life uh, since I was about 9, 10. Um, my family started going to a Catholic church and I was actually the one that wanted to be more involved. I was like, oh my goodness, this is God's house. I want to go. And I was the one that asked my mom if I can take like the catechism classes. cosa. I, as a little nine-year-old, would walk myself to church in Mexico, and nobody else in my family wanted to go, so I always felt like a strong spiritual calling, and when my family came back to LA, back to the States, my mom um, had made a, a pact with God, and she told God, like, you know, if I cross the border safely, I will become Christian and I will follow you and I'll go to church and all these things. So when my mom crossed the border, she announced to the family, she's like, all right, kids, we're Christian now and we're going to start going to church. And we're like, uh, okay. Like <laughs> we didn't really have much of a say. We started going to a very vivid, very involved, lively, like Christian evangelical Latino church. And I was, you know, at first a little, I was just getting to feel out this new religion, this new pace, the new songs, the new practices, rituals, all that stuff. But once I started to experience some of that, some of the good things that came from that, which is getting to develop my spirituality, my relationship with God, feeling loved and accepted unconditionally, I, I kind of went in. And, um, that became a little like bubble of safety for me because everything around me was pretty, you know, uh, not, you know, but it was a pretty abusive and pretty hard. So church became like a safe bubble for me and not even a church, but it was like my relationship with God. And as I started to 
opened my eyes a little more. I remember in high school, I started to notice like, okay, I was reading the Bible. I'm like, and Jesus said this, but y'all are not doing what Jesus said. And I started to call out some of the leaders in my like youth group and church and everything. And um, I was like, you're, the Bible says this, but you're doing this. Like, why do you do that? And what's going on here? So I started to... I wouldn't say take a step back from like the church church because I was so pretty involved, but I started to open my eyes more to the discrepancy between what the church did and what the Bible said and what, you know, Jesus preached. So in college, I was like in a Christian fellowship and I was like one of the leaders there. And again, I started to, as I, you know, at first everything's like nice and beautiful and, and then you get a little bit deeper and you start to notice some of the the chasms between like humanity and then the imperfection of humans and their love for power and their love for like how they use sometimes religion to, not sometimes, a lot of times they used religion to oppress and abuse those that have less power. And I hated that. And I started to call out people too, like, you are abusing, you are oppressing, you are preaching um, this versus acting out of love. So I was actually one of the leaders that was calling out the other leaders, and that was a little bit hard sometimes. And then as a, you know, I couldn't stand and be involved with or associated with a church group or with a religion really that was not practicing what they preached or what the Bible said. And growing up, like it did play a big role in my life and it did impact one, how I navigated this world and two, how I saw others. And I feel very grateful that for the most part, I did not subscribe to some of their like hate messages that they preached. I think it did impact like my, I did internalize and suppress a lot of my, being an identity however i was able to develop a strong relationship with the spirit with god and i feel grateful that the church didn't take that for me but it did take that for a lot of people yeah i mean it's it's funny because i i feel like we had a very similar sort of grew up similarly in the way that we were both really drawn to spirituality and in religion. I was also very drawn to it from a very young age. And similar to you, I actually told my mom that I wanted to go to Sunday school because I wanted to, that I wanted to get my first communion. And I think part of it, it was in part that like on Monday when we'd get back to school, like all my friends were like, she's man though about what happened at Sunday school. And so it definitely was a little bit of a FOMO <laughs> that, that is why I decided to, that I told my mom that I wanted to get my primera comunión because <laughs> I wanted to hang with my friends. But even, you know, as I, as I got older, I was very drawn to it. And I think like, for me, I really liked like the idea of like following something that told me how to d- be a good person. Cause from a young age, I like really wanted to be a good person, quote unquote. And yeah, I liked that, like, you know, with religion and, and I was, and I grew up Catholic, like I had this religion that told me this set of rules. And if I do this, then I'm a good person. And from a young age, I was an overachiever and a perfectionist. <laughs> and so like, I wanted to do excel at everything. And religion was one more way that I could do that. And specifically with something like Catholicism that has very like clear rules in terms of like what makes you like 
you know, a sinner or not a sinner, like it was very easy for me to, you know, like check, check, check. I'm doing a good job. I'm a, I'm a good person. So that was kind of, and I think like also growing up, I, I, I did find like refuge in it because, you know, being a, a a tween and a teen can be really difficult. And there's a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of new experiences, a lot of new emotions. And I definitely struggled through that. Like I felt out of place, especially like in, in middle school. And I know a lot of us felt that way, but I felt very out of place in middle school. And, um, I didn't understand a lot of the other kids. And so for me, like religion and, 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 and Catholicism was a way for me to feel safe. Um, and I really liked the traditions and I thought it was very beautiful. And it did, some of those traditions did make me feel like I was like a whole person or like I was closer to God and that's really all I knew. All I knew was Catholicism as a way to feel close to God. But it's funny though, right? Like you feel it's a place of refuge and safe as long as you're not sinning, right? (laughs) And so for me, you know, like I think I can think back to little things from when I was a little kid that helped me point out that, that I, that I, that I was gay, <laughs> but it wasn't until I was about maybe like 13 that I started, or actually maybe a little bit younger where and I used to journal when I was little a lot. I started journaling about like these feelings that I was having and, you know, how I thought girls were pretty and all these things. And then, you know, that kept, you know, I kept adding a little bit more to that and more to that as I was discovering myself and, and my identity. And then finally, when I was 15, I definitely had like my first really big crush where I couldn't deny that I liked women. Like there was no doubt in it. And I remember this was my last jur- the last journal entry I had in my journal. And I didn't journal for many years after this. And the last journal was specifically about this. And I reread it recently. And, you know, I talked about how, you know, I need to, I, I remember I said, I need to figure out what to do because I really want to be a good Catholic. And that was sort of where I ended that, that page and um (laughs) getting a little emotional (laughs) um yeah I mean after that yeah I stayed in in the closet for almost like 10 years after that because like religion was important to me and, and at that time like I felt that that was the only way that I could be a good person and that being gay would made me a sinner and made me a bad person and so that's you know that then shaped um you know, the next whatever years and and also how I, my relationship with religion and spirituality changed. I was like the Christian girl in high school. And I remember I I would, you know, start thinking or feeling things towards women and girls, but I suppressed that a lot. And I had this one moment where this one girl who she was like, she was a Christian. I was a Christian girl. She was a lesbian girl in our class. And then she sent me a note and she asked like, Hey, like, do you think God still loves me even though I'm a lesbian? And I was like, I didn't even think about it. I was like, yes, God loves you. And I knew that in every part of my being, but it, it broke my heart to know that a lot of people were asking that question. And it sounds like you were asking that question. And I remember hearing my mom saying, you know, like, God hates the gays and all those things. And I knew in my spirit for that, that wasn't true. And yet I struggled to even come to terms with that part of myself because you were taught that that was a sin. And that is one of the biggest things I wish that the church would repent of. <laughs> they, need, they need to repent for all the damage they've done to, to people, especially queer people. Yeah. are going to take a short break and then get back to Kim and Anna Shayla. 
feel like sitting in a waiting room right now? Planned Parenthood has got you covered as a leader in using new technologies to provide high-quality health care in ways that fit your life. Through Planned Parenthood's virtual appointments, you can get high-quality, affordable care your way by phone or video. Trusted providers will listen, give information, and support you in all of your health care decisions. Planned Parenthood's telehealth appointments are high-quality, affordable, and private, just like in-person visits. Whether you need help with birth control, a prescription refill, or other sexual or reproductive care services, skip the waiting room and get the care you need when you need it. Planned Parenthood takes the stress out of health care and is ready when you are. Check out PlannedParenthood.org forward slash Tamarindo to learn more and book a virtual appointment. That's PlannedParenthood.org forward slash Tamarindo. Today's episode is brought to you by Clorox. When it counts, trust Clorox. The same way we trust essential workers to provide the care they give to us, our families trust us to give them a safe and protected home. Our community heroes trust Clorox to keep places like hospitals and grocery stores disinfected. So I know I can trust Clorox to provide my home with a safe environment at home we can all enjoy. This is why I trust Clorox regular bleach by mixing one third cup of Clorox regular bleach with one gallon of water. When used as directed on hard non-porous surfaces, it kills 99.9% of germs and bacteria on a variety of surfaces. From our kitchen floors to the counters to the bathroom tubs to, of course, laundry whites. I know I can count on Clorox disinfecting products to give myself and my family the best home we deserve. I actually like to use the Clorox products to make sure that our studio is clean so that we can keep providing you amazing podcasts while also disinfecting surfaces. Surfaces like floors, faucets, appliances, and door handles. For me, it's important to share with loved ones and the public in general how they can give the most care for their loved ones when they use Clorox. When it counts, trust Clorox. How has your relationship like with religion and spirituality changed since since then? One of my biggest moments that I remember where I was like, I wouldn't say like fuck this shit, but I where I was like, mm, I can't do this like this anymore. Like something has to change. I was with a group of Christians and we were at the beach. They were like, Oh, let's go spread the love of God out here in the beach. Da, da, da. And, you know, I'm all about spreading the love. And yet they were in this like little circle with themselves. And like they invited people to join the circle of worship. And they were like singing songs around the fire, guitar, you know, la la la. And, but like nobody joined. And because people didn't want to join, they're just like, oh, okay, you know, they're not joining. Let's just do our thing. But then they like totally ignored everybody else around them. And as I was in the circle, I was like, you know what? No, like if, I feel like God would be with the people, not in this like little circle, like God would be with the people. And I, I went to this one group of people that were like drinking beer and playing cards, like, and I sat and I asked like, Hey, um, I just feel in my spirit that I need to apologize on behalf, not only of those people over there that approached you and then ignored you, but also on behalf of the church. I don't know if any of you have ever been hurt by the church. And every single one of those strangers said they had been hurt by the church before. And that broke my heart. And 
I just sat there with them and we, we spoke about our experiences in the church and we spoke about our views and, um, I sat there and had a, a beer with them and I remember feeling like I don't want to be in the circle anymore with these people that turn away others that aren't like them or don't agree with them. I want to be with the people actually getting to know and love and accept and embrace people. And I had to start with myself and I, I stopped going to churches really after, um, especially if I felt that they were the, that kind of church where they were like only in the bubble, only in their circle. And I started to really look in my own, how I had been affected by religion and how I had been oppressed and also what I had internalized. And I started to change my relationship with religion, but also with God and my views on how God had impacted my life but also the world and how sometimes like religion is different from our relationship with God and a lot of times that's true how I saw religion as like my man-made rules that a lot of times were made to oppress and keep people in boxes versus the God that I follow is one that came to liberate and came to love and accept and embrace people in their imperfection, in their full glory. And once I started to realize that God loves me, all of me in all of my glory, that's when I popped off. I was like, okay, I can be my whole self and still be loved and still accept myself and still love myself. Like, let's go. And that's when I felt true freedom that I had not felt, even when I was like, you know, super good church Christian girl, I didn't feel free and it wasn't until I left the church and I left the religion and I sought God on my own and I learned to accept that love and learn to love myself that I felt true freedom and that, you know, I have not turned back since. Yeah. So you felt closer to God, like when you left church and just did it on your, on your own. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say on my own. On your own. Yeah. <laughs> How would you say it? I would, you know, when I connected with the spirit yeah, without the confines of church and religion, right. and then that drew me to other people who were on a similar journey, who were kind of tired of seeing the church oppress and do hateful things in the name of God. Like, fuck that shit. I do not. One, I do not want to be a part of that, perpetuate that, but also you realize that there's a lot of other people that love God and hate religion, and I'm one of those. Mm, yeah, part of why we were drawn together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I my my relationship totally evolved. Um, you know, I. I got, you know, I got older and I, and I learned to question and I luckily got to a place where I felt at peace with my identity. Um, I didn't feel, no longer felt like what I felt was wrong or that I was a bad person. And, um, and yeah, that, but it, but it took, it took a long time. And I think that like, that's part of why pride is, you know, something that's so important for us. For, for queer people because we grow up a lot of times thinking that we are less than we are othered, that we are 
morally doing something wrong. And so supposed to be ashamed of who you are. Right. And so getting to the point where you can, I could really actually be celebrate myself and see my queerness as something that is special and that I could be proud of was, was a really big moment for me. Yeah. It's beautiful when you let, like when you see people shining and stepping into their full self, because if you think about a almighty unconditionally loving God, wouldn't God want his children or God's children creation to be fully alive and celebrated and stepping into the light? Like, I don't think we were created to be ashamed Mm -hmm. of who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And it was beautiful to get to that point Mm -hmm. to just feel like I was made perfectly and perfectly. I think having that spiritual connection was a big part of what drew us together too, though. And I like you send somebody's spirit and somebody's light and or both Anashleila and I are how we met and how things came together seemed pretty divine and pretty like we knew there was a higher source involved um, in, in bringing us together and also in in how we love one another and how we see one another. Yeah. And I, but yeah, I think I had to be able to, to like learn different ways to, to connect to God and connect to spirit in, in my own, in like could still do it on my own through, oh, not again, not on my, not on my own, but yeah, through prayer, through meditation, through being in nature, through being away from things that are, that are man-made. Right. Yeah. Well, we are back. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, you know, Brenda, I think you, you thanked me for, for being, for my vulnerability. And, and, and one thing that I've realized is like how powerful vulnerability can be. In being vulnerable, we really are able to connect more with other people. And, and for me, I, I really wanted to focus on, on this topic because I know that there are people and especially queer people, right. That have grown up um, religious and are either struggling or have struggled because of the way organized religions have treated them. And, and I think I I just wanted you to leave you with, like, I wanted you to know that you don't need specifically need a formal religion to have a connection with, with God or or to practice spirituality and spirituality as as a way to connect with the, with your deeper self, whether you identify that as, as God or just, you know, your, your inner self or your soul or just a connection with, with nature. You don't need a, a religion, um, to be able to, um, find ways to, you know, connect with your inner soul and your inner purpose. So I wanted to, that's really why, why I want to do this. And, and I, you know, I hope it resonated with some of, with some of y'all. And then I also do just want to quickly note that, you know, I think that communities of faith can be really important and helpful for people. I think we're meant to be in, in community. I know, um, you know, obviously I, I spoke, I critiqued the, the Catholic church and, um, but it is, it is a huge religion. And I know there are some churches that are accepting of queer folk. I know there's one in, in Santa Monica here in LA. And, you know, I, I still sort of identify as like, um, 
little C Catholic is what I, what I called it. Cause I, I do still observe um, Lent as a period of spiritual reflection. And, and like we shared earlier, I find comfort in, in La Virgencita, but it's, you know, but I still have so many issues with it. Right. And I, I feel like it's a little bit like being a American, you know, like I can't. I mean, exactly. That's a really good, I love that. That's a very um, illustrative example. <laughs> right. It's like, I, we can't help but call, I'm, I'm, I still call myself American, even though it's like, has such a problematic history. And that's how I feel about <laughs> the, the Catholic church. But, you know, it's what I really have a problem with is just, especially um, people, religions and religious people using religion to hypocritically practice homophobia and are really cool, ignoring other things in, in the Bible. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll speak just very briefly as a, I would say the word for me is agnostic because the truth is I think it takes just as much faith to be atheist as it takes to be religious. And so I'm kind of like, who knows? I don't know. But I try to be a good person. And I do. There are instances where I feel something that's inexplicable. And funny enough, I would say sometimes dancing the house music in a crowded room with a lot of people, there's something beautiful and magical that happens in a space like that. So who knows what it is for, at least that's my point of view, but I love that we had the the time to provide some space for that. And we want to hear what you all think. So what did, what, like how, what has your journey been in terms of spirituality? So make sure you contact us. You could always contact us. Now, uh, what we also like to do on Tamarindo is we, we love to leave you all with a calma, which why don't you tell our folks what the, what we mean by calma? What is calma for Tamarindo? Yes. So we like to leave you with a calma and a calma is just a, a practice that helps you stay grounded that helps you de-stress that that brings you you know like peace so in a way it's a little bit of a you know like a spiritual practice in a way or just something that but ultimately something that brings you peace and helps ground you and 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 keep you balanced yes so what are the uh, i guess to stay in the theme of spirituality what are some of the the ways that you practice spirituality and 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 i think in describing what you share, that might be a practice and a karma practice that somebody might take away and try as well. And also tell us a little bit about what Kim does too. Yeah. So I think we, well, one shared practice we have is, is, is journaling. So, and it's something that, especially for me, is, is really helpful in the morning. So I like to journal as early as I can, as early as I can get up and get my ass off out of bed because, <laughs> because there's something about like, the quiet that really helps me actually connect more with myself. Like there's less, like less noise. Like, I don't know. I don't know about you, Brenda, but I feel like the later in the day, it's like, even if it's like quiet in your house, you just sort of like, como que sientes la energía de la gente like parada and running around. I don't know. But like, so for me, um, journaling really early in the morning when it's a little bit more quiet is like when I'm able to really like flow and, and, um, it's really beautiful. And it's like really, and it's, it's helpful because sometimes we have so much in our brain and, um, actually just getting it from our brain to paper helps us release some of this, like the stress that it's causing. Cause like now it's like, como que we've, we've transferred it to paper, you know, that's very cool. And I've been getting, trying to get a little bit back to that. But one thing that is a challenge for me mm-hmm. is prompts. So what, what, how do you come up with what to write about? Yeah. The easiest way that I can say, like when you can't think of, um, you really just want to flow what look at the in it. Right. But like, if you are struggling with that, so just starting with like what you're you're grateful for, 
Like what do you, something that you're grateful for, something that made you smile that day or the day before, if you're writing early in the morning. And then from there, sometimes like sometimes the hardest, like the hardest thing with a lot of things is like literally just starting. So an easy prompt could just be something you're grateful for. And then just like, see, what else, what else come out, comes out. Very cool. And we will also be trying to come up with some prompts because I struggled with it. So whatever you, whenever you come up with a cool prompt, let me know Anna Shayla and I will post it. And you, again, this is another plug to follow us on Instagram. So maybe you might, you all, you listeners might take away some of those prompts and and give Mm -hmm. it a try. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Can I share just one quick, quick prompt? Yeah. Writing like affirmations. Like what are some things that you need to remind yourself of that you've been struggling with? Like maybe it's, you know, saying I am, I am loved. I am enough as I am, you know, like those kinds of things that you want to remind yourself of, like those could be really powerful things to write and actually to like even read every day if you can. Very cool. So we'll try some of those as well. So um, with that, this is our first episode of the season. We want to remind all you listeners that what really, really helps us out is if you write a review on Apple Podcasts, one of the challenges with being a podcast that reflects on politics and also being Latinx and also having <laughs> queer representation is that we actually invite trolls. Yes. So uh, we, we, we were uh, attacked by like a literally an onslaught of trolls that decided it would be fun to give us uh, hateful reviews. So please counteract that negativity with a positive review. You can write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the, play, the best place to do it. Or just share this episode with a friend. Do you have any last minute messages for our listeners as we're coming back? Again, just want to thank you for, for being here with us. We know it's been difficult and we hope that, you know, us in your ears helps your, your, your days be a, be a little brighter and, you know, it's, it's, it's in healing and, um, brings you good energy. <laughs> sí, okay. Virtual abrazo. Los queremos. We made it, y'all. Los queremos. Yes. So until next time, don't forget, ponte un suéter. Y cálmate o te calmo. Yay! Yay! Bye, y'all. <laughs> Bye, y'all. The Marino Podcast is independently produced by Ana Sheila Victorino and Brenda Gonzalez. Jeff DeVoe provides original music and sound engineering, and Michelle Andrade provides editing and production support. Follow us on Instagram at Tamarindo Podcast and at Twitter at Tamarindo Cast. And if you like the show, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. 
No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify Single Dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com sonoro, or lowercase. Go to shopify.com sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com sonoro. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.